Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Cardinals running back Chase Edmonds with an observation about free agency. It's going to be wild. Going to be a lot of really good players take one-year deals because that salary cap super teams type and and look we've been talking about this you're going to have guys who get cut you're going to have guys who hit free agency and they're going to be looking around wondering where's the money miles and so if you got to take a one-year deal until the cap recovers in 2022 why not go sign with a great team one of the shortlist super teams that may develop tampa bay kansas city seattle and Green Bay. We got down this whole path of quarterbacks that may start jostling like Tom Brady did for help for specific names, for friends of theirs, guys they've played with, guys they know, guys they want to play with again. And uh, it all depends on how assertive they want to be. Russell Wilson took the initiative last week. I think the fact that things have gotten quiet over the past week tell me that they've reached some sort of an accord. Maybe he will be involved in telling the team, hey, let's go get this guy who was cut. Let's get that guy who was cut. But the opportunities are going to be there. And I think we're going to see a reshuffling of the deck in a way we've never seen it before, unless they find a way to keep the salary cap relatively close to where it is now. That's not impossible, but the prevailing thought continues to be it's going to go from 198.2 down to 180. And this is a number that traditionally goes up and up and up, and teams do their contracts with that understanding. For it to retract by $18.2 million in one year, it's going to screw things up for a lot of teams. Yeah, it's really significant. And I don't know if people realize just how significant it is, but maybe when they start to see these names, like Edmonds is referencing, a lot of guys probably going to be out there that get cut and then want to take one-year deals because of this. Then I think it's going to be really clear just how much reducing the salary cap is going to affect things. I mean, I think... It's really going to be interesting to see who wants to form those super teams. I mean, aside from the teams you mentioned, I put the Rams on that list, the Ravens probably on that list too, you know, of teams that are on the cusp 
of being Super Bowl contenders, but need to get pushed over the top. I think if you want to go play with Lamar Jackson, you know that you're going to have a good chance to win every week. And with the Rams, you know, they go out, they get Matthew Stafford. Obviously, they know that they are in their championship window with the pieces that they have on defense. They want to be able to maximize that offensively. How does that manifest itself? Well, they'll probably go out and sign a couple of those low-rate free agents as well. So there should be some opportunities. But it's almost funny that Evans didn't, like, you know, and say, hey, guys, come on down to Arizona. You know, you get to play with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. Like, why not advertise your own team in the tweet like that? Well, and I think that's that's uh, coming, and we'll see that with a lot of teams. The teams that can couch themselves as contenders are going to be doing what they can to jostle for guys who are going to sign those one-year deals to choose their teams. We're going to move on to a game of what's more likely, but I want to make one more point. For anyone who's wondering, well, I thought the salary cap was an automatic calculation based upon last year's revenues, and it's a negotiation every year between the league and the union, and the salary cap can be whatever the league and the union decide it will be. This year, the question becomes, how much of future revenues do you want to borrow against to pump up a number that is down because of the losses from last year due to the fact that there were only a million, 1.2 million fans at games when in a normal year, there's more than 17 million. All that money gone. That affects the salary cap. And on each side of it, NFL and NFLPA, you've got a stew of conflicting interests. For the NFL, you've got some teams, Miles, that are saying, hey, we got plenty of cap space. Screw the rest of you if you didn't play them properly. And you've got other teams saying, come on, we can't really do this. This isn't fair. And from the player's perspective, you know, if I'm a young guy who is operating under a rookie wage scale contract and I'm tied to my team for the next few years, I say let the salary cap be low. Why are you going to take money away from when I'm going to be available to go get my second contract? Let's go ahead and suffer the consequences of 2020 now. If you're an older guy, you want it to go the other way. So it's, it's, it's a big reason why when you look at all these different conflicting interests, they're not going to have a, a final number until not long before they, they start the process of signing these guys. And it, it is going to most likely create chaos. For now, it's going to create quiet because no one's going to do any business, and eventually, Miles is going to create chaos. And chaos, as they say, is a ladder. So we will see how all that chaos turns out. I love it. Chaos is good for our business, but four weeks of trying to scrounge for any storyline we can find and trying to come up with segments for the show out of thin air, that's going to be a bit of a challenge. So the segment that we've come up with out of thin air for today, what's more likely. But thank you, Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers for giving us our first item. We spent more than a half hour talking about it last hour. Let's kick off what's more likely with this simple question. Miles, what's more likely? Ben Roethlisberger plays for the Steelers or plays for someone else in 2021? And just so you're aware of the rules of the game here, you may be tempted to say no one. No one's the middle ground. No, it's either plays for the Steelers or plays for someone else. What's more likely? Uh, I think it's more likely that he plays for the Steelers. I would say that he's going to play for the Steelers or he's probably not going to play because I, as we were going on in the last hour, I just don't know who exactly is really going to be interested in him enough that you're going to bring him in and say, yes, you're going to be our starting quarterback and you're the one piece that can take us over the top. I don't really know that there are many teams that would say that unless you are the Steelers and you already have that built-in loyalty with somebody like Ben Roethlisberger, who's been there for over a decade, won Super Bowls for you. 
I think that it makes a lot of sense for them to try it one more time if they can work it out rather than him going somewhere else. I, I don't necessarily see him going somewhere else as being more likely than him playing with the Steelers. I agree with you completely. He's going to play for the Steelers or play for no one else in large part because we struggled last hour to come up with a short list of teams that would at least stop and think about the possibility of pursuing Ben Roethlisberger. Now, I could say that we're just going to fully milk this cow by having another Ben Roethlisberger question, or I could admit that I screwed up the first question. I will choose to admit that I screwed up the first question because what it was supposed to be was what's more likely Ben Roethlisberger plays for the Steelers or retires. So let's try it from that angle, just in the interest of variety and or covering up my screw up. Miles, what's more likely he plays for the Steelers or retires? I think it's more likely that he plays for the Steelers than he retires in part because if he does retire, then he technically owes the Steelers money. And right. I don't know uh, about you, you but I, I would, I wouldn't want to owe anybody that much money. I just wouldn't want to owe anybody that much money if, if I retire and you know, they could probably work it out so that he could keep it or whatever, but I don't know about owing people money. If I retire, let's drill down one more level then. And this is not the result of anyone's screw up. What's more likely he plays for the Steelers or they cut him? Oh, man. Now you're going to make me answer this one again. Uh, I, boy, I don't think that they want to cut him. I don't think they want to. I don't. It, I, I, I think I, whatever the word is, a mutual agreement, whatever the word is, I think right now, based on the way Kevin Colbert spoke yesterday, I think he's getting everyone ready. For what's coming and what's coming is we just can't figure our way out of this maze we've tried we've looked at it every way we possibly can we'd love to have him back but given the salary cap given the pandemic they'll blame 50 things other than we're just deciding it's time to move on i really do think that's where this is going they're going to move on and he's going to move out and he's not going to play for anyone else and in five years, we start having the conversation of whether or not he gets into the Hall of Fame. And he should. All right, let's move on. What's more likely, Dwayne Haskins revives his career in Pittsburgh or he's not on the week one roster? Oh, it's that he's not on the week one roster. I mean, until he proves that he's matured more than what he showed um, when he was in Washington, then, I mean, I don't know that there's any other way I can answer the question. I mean, he just... The, the maturity thing was huge there. And you don't necessarily cut a guy that you pick in the middle of the first round that's a quarterback unless you really believe that he has to go. And I think the only way that really happens is if there's a maturity issue. So from that perspective, I, he's got a lot to prove in Pittsburgh. And I would say at this point, it's much more likely that he's just not on that week one roster. I'm going to disagree with you because really? I think that I think he got the wake up call. And sometimes you need to get cut to get the wake-up call early in your career. Look at what it did for Chris Carter when the Eagles cut him. Now, that was before you were born, but I'm sure you have access to Google. But Chris Carter played for the Eagles, and he had substance abuse issues. And that was when Buddy Ryan coined the phrase, all he does is catch touchdowns. He was covering for Chris Carter's substance abuse issues when he cut him. He lands with the Vikings via the waiver system. He actually wanted to go to the Giants, and he becomes a Hall of Famer there. So sometimes you need – and I think that's why teams will give a guy a second chance, a third chance. They want the guy to have his, his epiphany while he's still employed by the team that originally invested in him. And Washington made the huge investment, the 15th overall pick in the draft. And they tried. They just decided they had enough. 
And I think maybe this this wake-up call for Dwayne Haskins, because, look, if it doesn't work here, where else is it going to work? And of all the teams you could land with in the NFL, this is the Pittsburgh Steelers, for crying out loud. You know, maybe he he gets himself in the right mindset, does the right things, coaching staff works with him, and he proves to them and to himself that he's matured. You know, these guys get thrust into pro football at such an early age. And he was, I think, younger than most. He was like 21-ish. And sometimes it takes a little while. The brain is still developing for anyone in their early 20s. And I, I think it's more likely he revives his career. Now, that's misleading because that would assume he had a career to revive in the first place. But, you know, he, we saw flashes. We saw flashes. We had reason to believe that there could be something there. And I think he could get that back. And when you look at all the depth charts he could have been on, Mason Rudolph and Josh Dobbs, he's going to have a chance to stand out. So we, at least we disagree on one. It'll be interesting to see what Dwayne Haskins becomes. And, you know, if they think they have something in Dwayne Haskins, it makes it easier to move on without Ben Roethlisberger. All right, there's a report that the Broncos have not contacted the agents for Von Miller or Kareem Jackson who have option payments due this year. Now, again, there's no reason to talk if we don't know what the cap's going to be. But Von Miller is due to make $18 million in the final year of his contract. He didn't play at all last year. I don't think he's going to be on the team. What's more likely, Von Miller is on the team or Deshaun Watson is on the Denver Broncos team? What's more likely? Oh, I love this. Because um, I don't necessarily think that Von Miller is going to be there either. But I think it's probably more likely that Von Miller and the Broncos work something out and figure out how they can keep him on that team. And, you know, Von Miller doesn't necessarily have to go anywhere and he can still be where he's comfortable. I think that's more likely than Deshaun Watson somehow making his way to Denver because Denver trades three first round picks or four first round picks and drew lock to the Texans. And they agree to that. I, I don't know that Denver has the right ammo in order to land Deshaun Watson. So I almost feel like it's more likely that Von Miller will be back because he's got that familiarity with the team and somehow they can work it out. I continue to be fascinated, though, by what Drew Locke did to the Texans December of 2019 when the Broncos weren't good. They haven't been good since they won the Super Bowl and the Texans were a, were a playoff team. Drew Locke went in there and had a great game. That was the Buzz Lightyear game. You, you, you're you're you're. Buzz Lightyear is not before your time, right? You're at least no, on board with me with Buzz Lightyear. Yes. He threw the touchdown pass and he's doing the Buzz Lightyear stuff. And it's like Drew Locke, this is great personality who's got the potential to be a franchise quarterback. He showed that all in Houston against the Texans. So maybe, maybe the Broncos have, in addition to the draft picks, a guy that they could dangle that could get folks in Houston, specifically the two guys who run the show, Cal McNair and Jack Easterby, who were there for what happened in 2019 to say, hey, maybe we'd like this Drew Locke guy to be our starting quarterback if Deshaun Watson really doesn't want to be here. So I say it's more likely Deshaun Watson will be on the team. I think Von Miller, all he has to say is, no, I'm not redoing my deal. He gets a free ticket to the open market, and he can go join one of the super teams and try to pursue another Super Bowl ring. John Robinson, the GM of the Titans, recently spoke to reporters and addressed the issues with the team's pass rush. Here's some of what Robinson had to say. We tried to put a plan together last last year uh, with with building a team and adding some players. And, um, you know, there were some some players that came on the team in free agency that 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 bought in and, and were about what we're about. And there's there's some that, that did, it didn't work um, for a myriad of reasons. Um, but I think that that's a position that 
um, you know, we're definitely interested in and, and would love to have a guy that commands double teams and gets gets two sacks. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the players are the ones that make the plays, and um, we got to try to get as many of them as possible. Jadavian did some good things for us uh, last year before before he got dinged with some disruptive plays. You know, the statistical piece might not have, you know, gleaned, but uh, he, he was a disruptive player on the edge for us. John Robinson was referring to Vic Beasley when he was talking about guys that just didn't work out. Jadavian Clowney was kind of working out until he got injured, and the story on Jadavian Clowney is always the same. His performance doesn't scream out from the stat sheet, but it does on the film because he is disruptive. He he Fs the play up, as Sims likes to say, and Clowney is the topic of our next question here. What's more likely, Clowney has a productive but injury-shortened year in 2021, or he gives a team a full 16 or 17, and it's probably going to be 17-game season? Well, I, I think it's more likely that he has a productive but injury-shortened year. I think that's kind of been the story on him for a lot of his career. He just he gets injured. He He's able to wreck things. I mean, he's one of these game-wrecker guys. But he also sometimes just doesn't put up the numbers. And I think sometimes that's because, you know, teams know – that they have to scheme against him. And so they try to take, do his best to take him out. But I think he still can be a productive kind of guy, but I, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, especially if it's a 17 game season, I kind of find it hard to think that he would be healthy over the course of a 17 game season, because it's just not necessarily something that he's been able to do all that much. He had that microfracture surgery in his knee early in his career, and you do that when, and I don't want to go too far down the medical path because when I do, I inevitably make a mistake, but I've been around this long enough to know that the microfracture surgery is intended to address a situation where there is no cartilage in one area or large areas of the knee. You use the microfracture to, to use and this is where I start getting off my skis here or over my skis, but they simulate cartilage growth through scar tissue, and that becomes the cushioning among the bones. You do that early in your career, what do you got after six, seven, eight years? What's really going on inside that knee? And this is a guy who's had a long list of injuries. And and look, hey, it happens. It happens. But, but when he's healthy, he's as disruptive as anyone in the NFL. I agree with you. It's more likely he does have a productive but injury-shortened year. And the question is, how smitten will someone be to cough up the money for the chance to do business with Jadavian Clowney? And he's been kind of bouncing around one year at a time the past few years. He's going to probably have to do a one-year deal with someone again this year as he keeps waiting for the big payday that he never really got. He got it as the first overall pick in the draft, but that payday isn't what it used to be. He never got the free agency payday or the second contract that he may have earned early in his career. Um, all right, what's more likely in Atlanta? Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are a top five combination under Arthur Smith, or neither one is on the team in 20 after, after 2021. I think it's that neither one is on the team after 2021. And unfortunately, I think that the thing is right now, we've just talked about David Clowney and the injuries. Look, I think Julio Jones, we've got to see if he can be healthy again over a 16 week season or 17 game season, as you know, we were just talking about, I, I think, we looked at what he did this year 
it was one of the first years he's ever had that he didn't get to a thousand yards. And I remember, you know, writing about it each week as it would be like, Oh, is he going to play? Is he going to play? Because if he doesn't, he's going to, you know, not be able to reach this 1000 yard mark. And it's just been something that he's so consistently done. I don't know how he's going to be able to do that next year. And as I'm saying, as I'm hearing myself say this, like I think of the Atlanta Falcons next year after Julio Jones, you know, has a pro bowl year and they're going to be like, look at all these, this detractors. And, you know, I'm going to be like Tom Brady on this freezing cold takes video. But I, I, I just, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to get there with him this next year. And Matt Ryan is not getting any younger either. He was going to be 36 in May. And I think the Arthur Smith offense could be good for both of those guys, but I just feel like it's more likely that but those two guys are going to be moved on from in the near future because they want to have something where they can build for the next 10, 15 years, as opposed to maybe the next three. We talked earlier about how the Steelers are paying for the sins of salary cap pass. They're really paying for it in Atlanta as they were in that Super Bowl window. Do what you can to keep the team together. Do what you can to make Matt Ryan happy and then do what you can to make Julio Jones happy. Once Matt Ryan got to $30 million a year and Julio was at fifteen. That's when he started clamoring for more. He finally got more. It has created a cap problem. They're going to have a cap nightmare with or without Ryan and Jones. I think they just decided, let's do it one more time with Ryan and Jones because either way, we have a mess here. And maybe that's a team that can attract some of these one-year free agents and fill out the roster because here's the other side of it. Once guys start taking these one-year contracts with teams, they're going to fill up spots on the depth chart. So... Uh, you know, th there will be a point where if you're a guy who wants to play and you look at the roster of the Bucks, of the Packers, of the Chiefs, of the Seahawks, of the Rams, of whoever, and you say, I'm not sure I'm going to get on the field. And then you look at the Falcons roster and say, boy, I'm going to get on the field there. That's going to make some of these lesser teams who have other key parts attractive to guys who are available in free agency. Alex Smith, the Washington quarterback for now, recently told The Ringer, I've got a lot of room for growth on the field. So what's more likely? Alex Smith starts at least eight games in 2021 or is a backup quarterback for the whole season? I mean, <laughs> I know I can't push, but is Kitty start eight games as a backup quarterback somewhere? Because I, I could see that happening in some sort of way. I think he can be one of the most high quality backups in the league. And I'm talking about guys like Nick Foles, who probably should be a high quality backup. Case Keenum, another one of those guys where they, the Browns have him now. Really high quality backup where you want him on your team if you know that you might need, if something happens to your quarterback, heavens forbid, then he's going to be able to at least get you to a place where you can consistently still win games at, at a decent baseline. But if you're competing for a championship, you, Alex Smith, I don't think is the guy that you want as your quarterback. He's 37 years old. He's obviously coming off a devastating leg injury and, you know, Lord knows he should have been the comeback player of the year. And I'm very glad that he was. However, if you're really counting on Alex Smith to be a starting quarterback, I don't think you're in a position where you can say, yes, we are going to be a championship team. Maybe you want him as a bridge guy. I don't know, but I, I just, I think he should be probably at this point in his career, a very high quality backup. I still want to know who voted for Ben Roethlisberger instead of Alex Smith for the Comeback Player of the Year award. It was 49 for Smith and one for Ben, and I don't think the name ever came out. It should, because that person deserves to be properly ridiculed. I've been struggling with the Alex Smith thing, and 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 I've I've mentioned previously that 
when I when I see him play, I feel like I did when I used to see my kid play, where I'm just constantly worried that he's going to get hurt because of the experience with the broken leg from a few years ago. It dawned on me, though, recently when I was talking about, thinking about, trying to understand why the Bears would want Carson Wentz. They don't have many other options. But Alex Smith would make sense because of the Matt Nagy connection back to Kansas City. Alex Smith knows that offense. He's been around so long he knows every offense. But he thrived in Kansas City. And I think given now they got to a ceiling with Alex Smith that they knew they weren't going to bust through and then they found Patrick Mahomes and they busted through it. But the Bears are so far below the ceiling the Chiefs were at. If you're talking about finding a way to keep guys gainfully employed while they continue to plot the long-term answer at quarterback, Alex Smith makes a lot of sense to me. He makes more sense than Nick Foles. He makes more sense than Carson Wentz because he's going to cost a lot less than Wentz, and you're not going to have to trade for him. I think Washington is going to cut Smith. He's got a big salary, non-guaranteed. I think that he makes a ton of sense. For the Chicago Bears. It's one of those where you think about it, you think about it, and then all of a sudden it's like, I should have realized this from the get-go. Alex Smith to the Bears, and if he does, I say he's going to start at least eight games in 2021. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think from that perspective where it's the Bears, I think he does make a lot more sense for them than a Carson Wentz where it's more of a, where Carson Wentz is a reclamation project. Alex Smith, you just know, he knows that offense. He knows Matt Nagy. He's going to come in there. But also, I mean, I think about Alex Smith, and the fact that Kansas City had to bust through that ceiling. There was a year where Alex Smith, and I think Matt Nagy was still there in Kansas City, where he didn't throw a, a touchdown pass to a wide receiver. And some of that was Kansas City's personnel, and since then they've gotten a lot better at the wide receiver position. But I just I, – I don't think that that would make Chicago a real contender, but I think it would probably keep people gainfully employed. And if you're Chicago and you're Matt Nagy, then that is something that you definitely have to think about because the Bears were considering moving on from that that uh, the the front office and that you know the whole football operation at that point when at the end of the season. So yeah, I think that it would make sense from that perspective for the Bears. Yeah, I think everybody's on notice, and the Bears fans are upset, and they need something to make them feel better about the team. And Alex Smith brings a cachet in a weird sort of way where there's so much respect for him and he's a beloved figure in the NFL. So you bring him to your team. It's not like anybody's going to boo Alex Smith. It's not like anybody is going to complain that they got Alex Smith. Now, yeah, look, there's always going to be that, that fringe of the fan base that'll complain about everything. But I, I just think that Alex Smith makes a ton of sense for the bears. And if that's where he goes, then I'll take eight games. All right. This last one is a very important topic carefully crafted by our producer, Matt Casey. Tim Tebow announced last night his retirement from baseball after a five-year quest to make it to the show with the New York Mets. So what's more likely now that Tim Tebow has retired from baseball and has suggested that there are other things he wants to do with his time? These are a couple of football possibilities. What's more likely? Tim Tebow joins Urban Meyer's staff as the director of sports performance. That's a position that became available last Friday. Or he's hired by Jack Easterby as a special advisor to the Houston Texans. What's more likely? Uh, I, see, I don't necessarily know what Tim Tebow's strength and conditioning regimens are. And I'm sure that Urban Meyer still loves him. But I'm going to go with Jack Easterby. He's because... huge. He's huge. I don't care what his <laughs> methods are. They work. 
You don't know, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for everybody. I don't know. You're going to hire Alex Guerrero for everybody, although maybe you should. I don't know. Yes. But I think he's going yes. to go with- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to hire Alex Guerrero. I do too, really. And I'm still young. Uh, I want, no, I'm going with Jack Easterby and the Houston Texans. They've got the Patriots connection from 2013. That was the one year that Tim Tebow Good. was with. Oh, well done. Yeah. Well done, and good Easter pull. B, that was his first year as their character coach back then. So uh, I, that's that's where I'm going. They've already got the connections. And and look, at this point, the Texans need anything that they can get to rebuild the reputation of the team is completely and totally dysfunctional. The reality, though, is plenty of us who already regard the Texans as dysfunctional would regard them as even more dysfunctional if they carve out some job for the latest of Jack Easterby's buddies to come work for the team. I'm fascinated by the possibility he's going to end up with Urban Meyer in some capacity. Who knows? Maybe as a backup quarterback. You never know. You never know. Look, there's still this sense he was wrongfully deprived of his NFL career. He's only 33. He's 10 years younger than Tom Brady, for crying out loud. Put the guy back on the field. I want excitement. That would be exciting to see Tebow back in uniform. I'm being told to shut up about the possibility of Tebow back on a football field. It could be worse. He could be playing for the Jets, Matt Casey. Let's take a break. Speaking of Tom Brady, we've gotten some more evidence that he is every bit as petty as the rest of us, if not more. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Three great words. Free fries Friday. Especially when they're used in that exact order. Get a free medium fries with $1 minimum purchase. Valid one time on Friday. Participating McDonald's through 1231.24. Excludes tax. Must opt into rewards. Well, Tom Brady posted a video yesterday that caught my attention where he says, I love talk radio, and it was clips of all the different people who were saying he's washed up and Gronk's washed up and he doesn't look good, and it's all all stuff from throughout the 2020 season, and then he rubs it in everyone's face that they won the Super Bowl. And my, my reaction was, now do one with all the over-the-top media praise for the quarterback after a Super Bowl that was won by the defense, because that's precisely what happened and miles i will stand by this till the day i die and beyond if you flip patrick mahomes and tom brady in super bowl 55 the buccaneers still win the game and it's worse than 31 to 9 oh I, that's yeah yeah i mean that that's there's no doubt about that i'm actually kind of surprised you said that obviously but yes no there's no doubt because look the buccaneers defense was tremendous in that game and yes they did get some good throws out of tom brady but 
I think mostly they just had a good scheme and a good plan and they just, you know, kicked the, the holy hell out of the Chiefs. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. The Chiefs didn't even get into the end zone. So, yeah, that defense won that game. And, you know, it just is what it is. But, you know, just call him Tom Petty, man. He's free-falling. And, you know, that's the kind of thing that he wants to do. That's true. Look, I've got multiple problems with with – what he did yesterday. I mean, first of all, first of all, and I'm going to forget them. So hopefully they'll all come back to me. But the first one is this talk radio. Look, we're we're filling content every day and we're going to react when you have a bad game and newsflash, Tom, you didn't have 19 or 20 great games. You had this moment, right? That wasn't part of the video that he put up when he's showing four fingers. He had a bad NFC championship. He was horrible for three straight drives. He threw interceptions. He tried to blow the game. Not that he tried to, but he had interceptions on three straight games. If the defense doesn't bow up, they do lose that game to the Green Bay Packers. Think about that headline the next day. If they had been up 28-10 to 10 and blown the game because of three Tom Brady interceptions, one of which was just the hey, I'm 43, it's like the old you wouldn't hit a guy with glasses, you wouldn't hit a guy who's 43, I better throw the ball before somebody hits me, and that's fine, he's the man in the arena, I respect him for that, I just don't, I don't, it just rubs me the wrong way, like, I don't want the guys who have become the best ever to act like this, it is petty, it is short-sighted, I mean, we're here every day, not that it's actual work, but we promote the sport. We we hype the legend, and we give him his due when he is deserving of it. And he was incessantly praised after the Super Bowl. Oh, and by the way, you've won the Super Bowl. We saw you throw the trophy from one boat to the next. Shouldn't that be enough? Why do you have to come back a week later with a very selective glimpse at the justifiable at the time criticisms of the games where you weren't very good? What do you gain from that? I just thought the whole thing was weird, and it's beneath him. That's my bottom line. He's better than that, or maybe he isn't. No, like I said, Mike, he's Tom Petty. He just wants you to stop dragging his heart around, okay? Is that too too hard? Look, I I think that whenever Tom Brady starts talking about these kinds of things, it's interesting because he always creates a straw man. Like from a couple of years ago when he started talking about, when he was still with the Patriots, oh, everybody says we suck and we can't win any games. I don't think when they, yeah, the Chargers, when they beat the Chargers, nobody believed in this. Who? Who's nobody? Everybody believed in you. Exactly. Who was saying that? I don't know who was saying that at all. Everybody still thinks that you can win games, Tom Brady. It's just you who has to create this perception or whatever it is in your mind that people are against me. And we saw this in the last dance with Michael Jordan, right? You know, and I took that personally. And now it's just a huge meme. Whatever it is that makes these guys great and whatever it is that they get in their mind that somebody is against me and I've got to make sure that I stick it to them. I, I, it works for them, clearly, but I tend to agree with you that it, it should be beneath them. Yeah, and it, it's it's funny because I tweeted what I tweeted and people reacted, and it's amazing how many ardent Tom Brady fans there are out there who took issue with my observation. Chris Sims somehow got injected into the conversation. Uh, people think that Chris has an unreasonable dislike for Tom Brady, so someone created that, and that's just awesome. <laughs> oh, that's great. 
That's great. Uh, little baby Chris with his hands on the trophy, just like when he was uh, five years old and his dad won the trophy with the New York Giants. Um, but I, I just, I, I just don't get it. And you're right, Miles. It may be as basic and as fundamental as when you've climbed the mountain that many times, you need to find motivation wherever you can, and if you need to embellish and/or fabricate it, you do it. Michael Jordan did it. He admitted it. All that matters is what you think and whether it's a straw man or whether it's a real thing, whatever you can do to get yourself rolling out of bed at 5 a.m., drinking, you know, broccoli smoothies, eating avocado ice cream, never having a cheeseburger, never throwing back a beer, having a one sip of tequila that makes you weekend at Bernie's at the Super Bowl parade. It's it's that's that's. How you do? How do you do it every day? You do it every day by creating real or imagined enemies that are constantly conspiring against you. That's it. I, I guess. And I like that to. because it's related in a weird sort of way. It's relatable because we all need that reason to get out of bed every morning and go do what we do. That and he looks for any reason he can. If he has to make it up, he will. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Like we said, it, it works for him clearly. You know, he's been to two, 10 Super Bowls and won seven of them. So I guess it just works for him. Though I, I did think it was funny. There, I was watching one of these Super Bowl pregame shows, and he was on there with an interview. I guess it must have been on CBS because they had these Nickelodeon kids that were from that broadcast that they did of the Saints-Bears game. And they were interviewing him, and they asked him, like, when was the last time you had a slice of pizza? And he said, oh, it was actually a couple of weeks ago. And I don't believe that for a second. <laughs> it was cauliflower crust. With uh, with with cheese that was manufactured from a fully organic goat's milk that that has only ever eaten totally organic hydroponically grown grass uh, that is fed by I could just keep going. But, yeah, it's pizza. It looks like pizza, but it's not made of anything that would be in the pizza that you and I would eat. So uh, I'm really tempted here to make a bunch of bad puns from Tom Brady Tom Petty songs. You pulled in a couple naturally. I'm going to pass on the opportunity because the devil on my left shoulder is screaming out a few things and, and he's going to lose at least for now. And Matt Casey's saying, do it. Do it. They, they weren't very good. If they were good, I would have done them. I'll give in to the devil on the left shoulder when it's good. It's not worth it. So let's just take a break. We have a draft coming up inspired by this opportunity to go full Madden franchise mode on the 2021 season. Given all the potentially available players, we're going to draft the teams that we would love to be in full control of. Their fans may hate it, but we would love it. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. The NHL is taking over Lake Tahoe. Two outdoor games this weekend. Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, Golden Knights versus the Avs. And Sunday at 3 Eastern, the Flyers at the Bruins. There is the outdoor rink. It looks like it is going to be awesome. Check that out. Saturday and Sunday, both days at 3 p.m. Eastern. All right, our draft today. Teams that we would want to have... Full Madden franchise mode control over this offseason, given all the chaos that is looming. Miles, you're new to this morning show draft. You're new to the morning show. We do a trivia question to determine the first pick. I have a question for you. Who was the first player who graced the cover of the Madden game? For years, it was John Madden. They switched at some point to players. Who was the first one? 
That's a good question. Um, Eddie George? Because I know he. Oh, he there. got it. He got. Don't Let's say go. Cage, You got it. <laughs> Eddie go. George. I know he was on. I know it was him. Yes, there Ooh. it is. Eddie George. I, nice. You know, I have, I have memories. Now, now you just download the game. I, I remember one time when that game came out. It came out at midnight, and my son's like, "Let's go." We went to the mall. And they were giving out pizza, and everybody's lined up to get the Madden game. I can't remember who was on the cover that year, but it's it's just an event every year when that game comes out. And even if nobody buys the box anymore, there's still something to be said for being on the cover of the game. All right, you get it. You're up first. What do you got? Oh, awesome, man! I'm juiced about that. I yeah, that was that made me feel really good. Uh, let's go with the Chargers. That's who do I want? Because I'll tell you, if you have Justin Herbert already, that really sets you up very well doing whatever else you want to do in terms of getting guys on your team like receivers you want to make a trade you want to do this you want to do that you also already have Joey Bosa on your team and I don't know about you Mike but I like to play with pass rushers so if I'm gonna get after the quarterback there's not many people better than playing with Joey Bosa also we can talk about franchise mode you want to you have cool uniforms Chargers have some of the best uniforms in the sport right now and they play in one of the coolest stadiums that's ever been constructed in the history of the world so that's why I would want to play with the Chargers, and I want to be the Chargers GM. I am stunned by your selection for a variety of reasons. You used to work for the Rams. They play <laughs> in the same stadium. You've already mentioned that the Rams could be one of the super teams. I thought that was going to be your first pick. So, Miles, I'm taking the Rams. I'm you leaving it out there. I'm taking it. And I love, I love the interior defensive lineman who throws the center into the legs of the quarterback and just bull rushes past him and just screws everything up in Aaron Donald. He does that at walkthrough practices. So you got Aaron Donald, you got Jalen Ramsey, you're going to have all these other guys where you can say, hey, we got Matthew Stafford. Look at all the buzz. I mean, think about it. That's the biggest story of the offseason so far. Matthew Stafford traded to the Rams, and everybody thinks it's going to be this rebirth for the team, and Stafford's going to be great. So any skill position players out there, who find themselves available. They're going to come sniffing around the Rams, and and you're going to have your choice. They're going to be lining up for the chance to play for the Rams. You construct a team that yeah was a playoff team last year. You upgrade at quarterback. You get all these other pieces. You've still got Jalen Ramsey. You've still got Aaron Donald. I, I, would, I would take the Rams, and I, I'm stunned. You got the question right, but you didn't take the team that I thought would be the obvious first pick for you. Well, I don't know. I think when you're talking about franchise mode, you you want something that you can set up for, you know, 10, 15 years, not just oh, okay. two or three. Right. So that's the way I kind of thought about it. But obviously the Rams, the Rams will be a great choice. Uh, I still know people there and maybe I'll hear from them, especially because you called me out on that. Uh, but I'll <laughs> go with my next pick now. And I would say my next pick is going to be Washington. And it's for some of the similar reasons, right? You don't have the QB there but you can figure out a way to get one. And I think, you know, in franchise mode, I don't know if the player can veto a trade. So if you're Washington and you want to give up three first round picks and then whoever else you can find on your roster to make that thing level out so that it'll show you a little green bar instead of the red bar and you can actually make the trade, then hey, maybe you get Deshaun Watson or maybe you, you trade up in order for that number one pick from the Jaguars and then you get whatever QB that the thing makes up in there and their you know user created whatever it is, uh, computer system. So I think that would be fun. And also you talk about guys getting after the QB as a pass rusher, you have Chase Young. And I think he'd be fun to play with. And 
You can also, at least you used to be able to do the thing where you rebrand the team. So maybe you can actually come up with a Washington football team name. I think that would be fun to do in franchise mode. I would want to have Madden style franchise mode control this offseason over the Green Bay Packers because I think that they've been doing it wrong. All due respect. They don't placate Aaron Rodgers. I would immediately trade Jordan Love maybe to your Washington football team and get assets and go out and, and just, hey, I got Aaron Rodgers. And I'm going to build my team around him. I'm going to take full advantage of the opportunity to bring in big name star players to sprinkle around the roster and take my 13 and three team and push it to the next level. And if I have to say goodbye to Aaron Jones, I say goodbye to Aaron Jones. If I have to say goodbye to Corey Lindsley, I say goodbye to Corey Lindsley. But I go out and I grab the guys that I can, cheap contracts one year, and try to push it through the rest of the way and win a championship, at least one more with Aaron Rodgers. That would be a lot of fun. The, the As long as you're on we're going to get every guy that we can with an eye toward delivering another championship for Aaron Rodgers. Okay, yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. But again, I think I think we approach franchise mode differently here, Mike, because you're just going all in for one season, and I'm trying to think like, okay, how can I make this thing my own? All right, so like that's why I think my next pick would probably be the Jets because the Jets are a completely blank canvas. You can basically do whatever you want with however, you know, you want to do things with Sam Darnold. You trade him away. You get an extra first round pick. If the game actually lets you get a first round pick for him, that would be an interesting thing to do. You know, then you still have some, maybe some pieces on defense that you might want to get rid of. It's all in your control. I think if you want to have the jets and then make them into a contender in the AFC East, because the only team you really got to maybe contend with is Buffalo, you know, and then, cause I don't know how good Tua is going to be in that game. All right. So I think the jets would be interesting from the sense that they basically are a blank canvas and you can basically do whatever you want with them. And I would rather play with them in New York than with Jacksonville and Florida. Sorry, Jacksonville. This is a fascinating draft because we're slipping back and forth from reality to Madden and and, and and so I'm going to slip closer to Madden with this one and say I would want the Ravens because Lamar Jackson uh, is, is one of the most deadly weapons currently in the game. And the quarterback is the guy you control all the time on offense until you, you know, until you hand the ball off or complete the pass. But he's the guy you control the most. He dictates the tempo. And if things break down, he can take off and run build the team around Lamar Jackson, take advantage of the opportunities that will be out there because look at the struggles they've had to find receivers. And they've typically had to draft them because who wants to go join that offense? Well, this year, when the music stops at the teams that have the high-flying, high-powered passing offenses, there's going to be receivers left over. That's when you can pick the best ones, get the fast ones, get the just get whoever. There's going to be guys there where you can make that team better, you can make that offense more potent, and it's all built around Lamar Jackson and a defense that's pretty damn good, and you'll be able to upgrade them as well, and they're already a team that's on the cusp. They make the right moves this offseason, whether in real world or franchise Madden mode, they're in a position to be very good in 2021.
Yeah, they probably are. And I think that that's why the Ravens are such a fascinating team. And, you know, when you're talking about Lamar Jackson and playing with Lamar Jackson, it's just, there's just so much speed. And so if you kind of really can't throw in that game, like I really just cannot, then it makes it a lot, life a lot easier where you can just run around and do whatever you want. Um, I think uh, Matt Casey makes really- a good point. Wait, wait, hang on. Matt Casey makes a good point before your fourth pick. Uh-huh. When you sign a free agent in Madden, the free agent can't say no. So you can go yes. grab those. You can go grab those receivers, even if they don't want to be blocking all game long. All right, go ahead, fourth round. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's very fair. Uh, next one I would go is probably San Francisco the 49ers because you get to decide what they do with Jenny G. You can maybe bring in Deshaun Watson, get that trade done. And then again, you got a Bosa on the other side of the ball where you can have a lot of fun trying to get after the quarterback. They've got some good uniforms up there too, I kind of think. And you know, I think what the the fun part about the 49ers now is they definitely are a team that can compete. And if you make those right trades and you make those right moves and you're playing with Deshaun Watson, then that makes you an immediate contender. And I think that that would be a lot of fun to figure out how you get all those things done and what you can do with those cornerbacks too. You can maybe sign a good one, maybe. (laughs) You're the miracle that would bring back Richard Sherman, perhaps. So there's a lot of things that I think make the 49ers a fun play in franchise mode. So just so I'm clear, you would trade Jimmy Garoppolo, you try to get Deshaun Watson, is that what you would do? Absolutely, no question. All right, uh, the next one for me, and this can go a lot of different ways. Um, I'd, I'd be fascinated by the Steelers just because, Ben, see you later, but it's a hell of a lot easier as the Madden GM to find a replacement. The challenge for the Steelers is there's no obvious replacement out there, but you've got the receivers, you've got the defense, you're attracted to the pass rushing aspect of it, T.J. Watt, on the team, you've got the back end of the defense. You, 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 you're going to be good. You get the right quarterback, and you're going to be great. And it's a lot easier as the Madden franchise mode GM to get a better quarterback than it is in the real world. That's the dilemma the Steelers is will be facing if Ben isn't there. Who is going to take the reins, and what's that going to do to the team in 2021? All right, let's take a break. We will wrap up this Thursday edition of PFT Live right after this. We're never going to eliminate a great player like Bud Dupree because we don't know what Bud's market is and Bud doesn't know what his market is at this point. I think that's pretty, it's pretty common for not only our free agents, but the whole free agency group until we get a a solid cap number, uh, we don't know. And we just have to adjust and, and, and know that he might be a possibility, he might not be. Uh, only time will tell with that, but we'd love to be able to keep a Bud Dupree because Bud's a special player, but Bud and TJ together are as a special group. Oh, he had a tell. Did you see the tell? He might be a possibility. Did you see that? His hands were down the whole time until he says he might be a possibility and he scratches his face. That means he's not a possibility. That's my read on it, Miles. And, you know, I feel bad for Bud Dupree in his franchise tag year, tears his ACL. He's not going to get a multi-year contract. He's not going to get the kind of money that he would have gotten. He's not going to get the payday that he deserved, and that's unfortunate. He's going to have to go somewhere for one year and try to lay the foundation to cash in. I don't think the Steelers are going to bring him back unless he just finds nothing out there 
and they can get him for a bargain type of a contract. Clearly, they won't use the franchise tag again. They'd have to give him a 20% raise. He's still rehabbing that ACL tear. It's just a, it's just a very unfortunate situation. But when Kevin Colbert scratches his face as he says he might be a possibility, that tells me he is not a possibility. Yeah, Mike, I agree with you. I just don't feel like there's a need for him to be back anymore. They have Alex Highsmith. I think he played pretty darn well down the stretch. And he's somebody that I think can grow and develop for them on the Steelers defense. So it's just really unfortunate for Bud Dupree now because he's a guy that had 11 and a half sacks in 2019. He was on pace to probably exceed that. He had eight, he had eight sacks through 11 games um, in 2020. So when he's playing for ostensibly that big multi-year contract and then he tears his ACL, it's just a really unfortunate situation because now you just really have no idea what his market is. I mean, Kevin Colbert's totally right there. What is the market for a guy like that who you know is effective when healthy, but you just simply don't know exactly what he's going to be coming off of that injury. And uh, people recover from that injury much, much better than they ever did even a few years ago at this point. It's still a, a little bit of a risk there for any team that wants to get after him, Mike. And one of the realities for the Steelers the past 30 years, ever since free agency came to be, they, they let these pass rushing linebackers go all the time. All the time. We'll find another. We'll find another. We'll find another. And they're never going to break the bank. And this is one where you can't break the bank because you just don't know. The salary cap issue, notwithstanding, that's part of it, but also the health issue. So uh, I expect Dupree to be somewhere else, and he could be one of these guys who joins a super team and wins a Super Bowl somewhere else in 2021, Miles. Yeah, he could be. And I think that he could be a really productive player for one of these teams like that. And if I'm any team that has a need at pass rusher, I would be going after Bud Dupree for a low offer. All right, that's it for today's show. I'm going to go listen to Tom Petty now for the next few hours and uh, and get to work. We'll be updating ProFootballTalk.com all day. We'll see you back here at 5 p.m. Eastern on Peacock for PFTPM. Shereen Williams will join me. We hope you do too. Have a great day. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.